the beginning of an advertisement is just like a grease trap and it, it's like nothing happens for like 30 seconds and he pops <laughs> oh, out and goes, ah, I'm Papa John. <laughs> and he just like spits out the grease in yeah. like a little fountain. He's like, ah! <laughs> this <laughs> is what I was talking about, was, by the way. I'm only at the Papa's baby and then it freeze frames and zooms in on his face. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny. Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Funny Papers, a show where three thirty-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic '90s cartoon show Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam, wiping Papa John's forehead off with a napkin and sniffing it. <laughs> and Jim, this episode predicted monster fuckers. Today, we cover episode 41, part two of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. In episode 41, part two's title is Doug and Patty Sitting in a Tree. This entire episode is that Simpsons joke where the bullies say, you kissed a girl, that's so gay, but then it lasts <laughs> 11 minutes. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, this episode is like it breaks a lot of the canon and might just be fake oh yeah this one didn't happen this one is more evidence for the oogie verse theory this is yeah this episode is eight million percent doug imagined all of this which is so so fucking sad because in his his, like like ideal universe Nothing changes. He doesn't even get the girl. It's like he he's yearning for the girl, and the yearning is his favorite part. Yeah, and he's and he's not actually like yearning because he's embarrassed about it, right? Yes. Like this. I also, think- this one is the only time I've been reminded that this is an elementary school because, like, in high school, you wouldn't go, "Oh, you're going on a date? That's so gay." I mean, you wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this one is very much that, like, trope of elementary school when it's like, oh, man, who wants to, nobody should talk to girls, you shouldn't go on a date, what do do? But, like, I mean, we've all been there, right? Like, I'd, yeah. I'd been Never. there when I was an idiot baby. <laughs> Never. I do that I've still. always been scoring with hot chicks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought in a previous lore of the funny papers, you said you were Volcel. No. <laughs> See, this is why someone here needs to pay attention to the show. Show Lauren, that's me, baby. No, hot, hot microphone, hot microphone. Don't get get out. <laughs> oh, yeah, this no. this episode absolutely one thousand percent did not happen. I would agree. Yeah, because it begins with Patty asking Doug out <laughs> out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it's so crazy. It's like. And again, so this is just more stuff that, like, just things happen to Doug, and then he takes no action, and nothing, like, gets resolved, right? He's just smiling pleasantly through the entire experience. Basically. no, please, you're... The full Doug experience is not smiling pleasantly through the whole experience, it's cringing preemptively in anticipation of a blow that does not come. (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) Well, so this episode begins with Doug asking the audience through his journal. He says, Dear Journal, did you ever feel like someone was holding your heart in the palm of their hand? Well, that's how I felt today. And he's holding a heart and then he squeezes it and it stops beating. (laughs) Have you ever wondered what it'd be like 
to watch someone die. <laughs> That's what he's doing. To watch the life drain out of their eyes. Oh, God. And know you were why. Have you ever thought about living inside of another person? <laughs> Would you like to Wouldn't live Wouldn't it be deliciously? so warm and comfortable? Oh, my God. <laughs> be like getting a very wet and hot hug. And that's why like that scene in Star Wars. Oh yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? Excuse me. What? When he goes into the Wampa. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not. Yeah, I was thinking of something else from Star Wars. (laughs) Before we ask Mike what the fuck movie he thinks Star Wars was, let's move on. Okay. So Doug is holding this heart, and then it turns into a beat in his hand, and he's like, "Oh, it's beats again." To no one. Uh, to <laughs> no one. Absolutely no one. Doug is sitting alone at his lunch table, and he just yes. says, oh, beats again to the empty void. And yeah. it looks like he's his lunch is one beat and two slices of bread with lettuce in between it. <laughs> but he's fine with that. He's just pissed about the beat. He's he's fine with the lettuce sandwich. Hey, it's a, it's a vegan meal, I guess. I guess. Also, wait a second. Doug says it all started at recess where he is sitting looking at this beat. Uh-huh. <laughs> While everyone sits at a lunch table. <laughs> Noted, like, again, we're already in the middle of a dream here. We are starting yeah. off in dream logic territory. This, yeah, this and episode has a bunch of fever dream lines in it. It's it's so weird because, like you say, Doug is sitting alone here, and Skeeter is sitting, his best friend Skeeter, is sitting at the table behind him talking to Connie and BB. So this whole thing is like, oh my god, Doug, you, like, talk to and hang out with girls. Like, Skeeter's talking to two girls right now <laughs> one of which we know has a crush on him right <laughs> and nobody wants to sit with doug which i guess fits with the lore <laughs> this is his yeah. dream scenario is eating lunch alone at a t- and just oh. whining about it emptily so it's sort of like okay because it is a dream he's like oh i'm like standing on the stage this is effectively like him standing on the stage giving a speech to everybody yeah. right i'm yeah. so alone the world needs to know my very important opinions about the pop culture that affects me today i mean my lunch lunch i mean my lunch right okay so yeah so this is like just from moment fucking one this is a dream absolutely well patty comes over to talk to doug and she sits down and she asks if she can ask him something as roger and his goons are already giggling behind are you doing anything on friday night no, not yet, I mean. Well, would you like to go see a movie? Sure. Who else is going? Well, nobody yet. I, I mean, I wasn't planning to ask anybody. Ooh. Ooh. Doug should react to this with just shameful and immediate leaping all over this, but this is the first point where they kind of have problems with this because Doug does react in a somewhat believable fashion insofar as tries to play it cool and fails. Yeah, and... Like, he's trying to just be like, oh, yeah, no, just who else is going to be there? And, oh, no one else? All right, well, yeah, I'd love to. And the whole time while they're having this conversation, right, Patty and Doug talking is not a remarkable event. And neither is, like, really any, like, boy and girl in this school just sitting and talking as evidenced by Skeeter directly behind him. And this whole time, people keep crowding up in the background and pointing and giggling at them, right? So this is a fever nightmare. Yeah, Where like this is just gathering around you and pointing, and then like a sickly, feverish laughter. 
exist yeah. in the nightmare terror of what might happen if somebody offered the thing you want most in all the world. What might happen if something happened? <laughs> oh, God. And to to pile on with the like fever dream logic of it, eventually they agree, and Patty says that they'll meet at the theater at 7.30, and then she walks away, leaving her lunch bag on the table. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> And then everyone just starts laughing at Doug, like, at, like loudly, as she's walking away. <laughs> she could probably hear it. And they all scream, a date, in chorus, and Doug immediately pops the most shameful boner he's ever had. <laughs> and Roger says, wubba wubba, which I like a lot. <laughs> a date! Congratulations, Doug! Well, so this this is basically the intro is that this is also the rest of the fucking episode. Right. Well, they're setting it up and then we cut to the title card and come back and Doug is talking to Skeeter and Chalky about whether or not it's a date. She asked you out. It is that case closed. <laughs> yeah, a Come girl on, has dude. walked. Up, yeah, a girl has walked up to you and said, "Let's go do a thing together, just the two of us in grade school." Like, dude, this ain't complicated. Chalky remarks that she might have been playing hard to get. No, she asked him out. This is the opposite <laughs> of what that is. Yeah, but Chalky's a hunk, and he's probably been on all kinds of dates. Chalky's so he's a himbo. like. Yeah, so he's like, obviously she asked you out. That's how this goes, idiot. (laughs) Yeah, Chalky also, I choose to believe, does not know what sex is. Well, I mean, they're all in elementary school. Come on. Oh, no, Skeeter fucks. Oh. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, well, this is demonstrated because as we know, Skeeter and Roger are the same person. And Roger is making kissy motions to himself as Doug comes over. Roger is absolutely making out with himself with tremendous force. Yes. (laughs) It's so funny. Girls like you. What a loser. Look, we like I'm not going to comment as that being weird because that's how elementary school went. Right. Like I've had this. I've had this exact interaction happen to me before where people were like, oh, my God, this girl likes you. And then I was like, no. And then I didn't get a date for 20 years. (laughs) We were all very proud of our accomplishment. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, (laughs) so uh, anyway, they walk into the science classroom after they see this and Written on the board is the phrase, Doug kisses Patty every night, XXXOOO. Great own there. Actually, just (laughs) going back just a second on this one, as Doug passes by on the way there, the girls smirk malevolently, and it is commented that if she dresses up, then that means it's a date. Everybody is as Doug passes, they are staring at him. Everybody is constantly actively watching and judging Doug as they never do IRL. Normally it is a joke in the rest of the show that, yeah, most of them just don't notice him. It's kind of his whole thing. But in this alternate reality, everyone sees him, everyone sees his discomfort, and they feel his pain and they like it. Yeah, so you're saying that this is just more dream logic evidence? 
More dream and more anxiety dream. And if it was reality, it would be a world where everybody was explicitly inflicting this on Doug to hurt him. Which Fair. is a interesting variant of, uh, like, we occasionally dip into weird Baptist psychopathology. Oh boy. <laughs> There's a while. A weird strain of thought wherein horniness is a trick of the devil to try to hurt men. That's correct, though. Wait. Well, yes. <laughs> but, like, the idea that, yes, the fact that you are experiencing emotions regarding a girl is inherently shameful. Everyone can see this, and they are judging you as lesser because of it. There's some weird bullshit wrapped up in this. I mean, again, that's just elementary school. It's there for adults, too, is the thing. Well, they eventually get into the class, and they see this written on the board, uh... And Doug just goes and calmly erases it. Like, he doesn't even get embarrassed. Doesn't he react just, like, to it, really. <laughs> he doesn't make a facial expression. He doesn't say anything. He just goes, well, you good. He just, he, just, like, just, he just points at the board and goes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite part about this is, so immediately after he does that, class begins, which suggests to me that Patty's already in the class. Patty probably wrote it. This <laughs> <laughs> is his dream world. Yeah, Professor right. Ugi walks in and is just like, hey, who erased my equation? Right. <laughs> yeah. Just happened to spell that as an equation. Uh, yeah, and so like you say, Professor fucking Ugi walks in. The the, the patriarch of the Ugi-verse. The theoretical professor. <laughs> the yes. one who, in every episode, like our like classic marker on if this is a fantasy episode is the presence of Professor Ugi. And or the presence of Doug's parents being nice to him. Sure. <laughs> Spoilers for the future of this episode, dear viewer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, so he comes in and he they they also determine that if like while he's he's setting up the classroom, they determine that if uh, Doug is allowed to buy a ticket for Patty at the movie, then uh, it's definitely a date. And then if if that doesn't work, then if she lets him hold her hand, it's definitely a date. So those are, he's got three things to check for. Big rule of three, baby. Just answer me these questions three. <laughs> if she says that you have a nice ass, then it's definitely a date. Oh, wait, but... And if you wait. ask her if she's a cop, she has to tell you. <laughs> wait, Sam, you've been telling me that for years. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, notices her podcast. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, so, so, to us, uh, the viewers are senpai. Notice yes, us, senpai. indeed, indeed. Please, <gasps> please notice us, dear God. Yes. Well, so they 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 begin the class, and Oogie says, "Today we continue our discussion of animal mating rituals." A seven-part class. Yeah. <laughs> I've called up this picture of uh, Doug, your dog, and the Jenkins dog. Lady. Oh, no. We're now going to listen, watch this entire video as smooth jazz plays. And he just sort of starts smashing blonde flamingos together. That's how it, that's how it works, though. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> Imagining the... In the hypothetical world where Oogie wasn't, you know, a phantasm of Doug's creation, 
imagine the animal mating ritual class taught to a bunch of 11-year-olds featuring a bearded man ramming two lawn flamingos into each other. Sounds good. It's great. It's fantastic. And no part of this is weird. He spends an entire semester on this. <laughs> I mean, it's like how... Remember, wait, wait, wait. Remember the time Doug read the biology textbook in uh, uh, Miss Newbery's class? Oh, right. That section was also over mating rituals of animals. I think that's all they talk about in biology class. That's all there is to learn. That's all biology is. The only thing we know is that animals fuck, unlike us, who are just brought here by, I don't know, God. Right. So Personally, maybe, I have never fucked. So maybe when it says, Doug and Patty, Doug kisses Patty every night, that's just then saying, Doug, you're an animal. <laughs> you lower yourself to mate as the beasts of the field. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, so Doug says he's like, oh man, I gotta do some research on this dating nonsense. This is the first time the words, oh no, appear in all caps <laughs> in my notes. And so he decides so the first thing he's gonna watch is a Smash Adams movie. Do not get women advice from James Bond, please. <laughs> yeah, I, For fuck's the, sake. <laughs> I bet Smash Adams knows what to do on a date. Oh no! <laughs> Number two. Yeah. Smashed Adams. Uh, uh, and so he watches as Smash Adams tries to kiss smash. a woman on a boat and then fights some scuba divers. This is not canon. You know, any Bond flick, the woman dies immediately to heighten the stakes. <laughs> this law starts with Goldfinger and does not stop from that point onward. Well, that's probably why Doug frowns and gets pissed and ejects the movie. Because <laughs> he's like, this ain't canon, fuck this. He's mad at his imagination for not imagining a better movie. Right. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Also, this made me just think, so this particular one, it you can read the title of the episode. This is Smash Adams and the Kiss of the Asp, right? Uh, and, <laughs> and that one specifically, I'm not just saying uh, that's uh, funny for that word, <laughs> but what I'm saying as a big brain intelligent motion in this is that that was the movie that was coming up soon. The, remember when Doug went to go see the mo monster movie? That was the movie that was replacing the monster movie that he was so scared to right. watch. Right. They actually so this, did establish continuity. Holy shit. So this takes place in our timeline. This takes place like a year later, right? Yeah. Because because that movie's video. come out on VHS. Yeah, and that movie wasn't even in theaters yet because that was replacing the monster movie in theaters. So this is like a year later, right? So well, we know unless <laughs> I mean, unless it's totally if it's totally imaginary, he could just be imagining watching a VHS that hasn't come out yet. Oh. I also choose to believe that that's what happens based on the next video, which I have the third oh no here one <laughs> just seeing the title on the video that is popped in. Catman returns. I just I just kind of blacked out for this part, so you guys are gonna have to take care of it. Yeah, he, there's not much in here. Catman is fighting a mouse lady. Uh, He's wearing a purple cat disguise, and he says, "Meow." <laughs> Doug takes down the note, become a furry, and he is karate chop fighting a mouse woman. And he once again just fucking scowls and ejects the movie. <laughs> And then he goes to watch another movie called Sweet Sixteen. Some John Hughes-ass bullshit. 
It's just two people roller skating and laughing in an art museum. And Doug gets pissed and says that this is ridiculous and this isn't what real people do on dates. Right, they don't let you they don't let you rollerblade in the art museum. That's correct. I think that's exi- that's what he's saying. I yes. think this is bullshit because that's not allowed and laws are are moral. Also the girl seems to be reciprocating the guy's advances and that's never happened in Doug's life. Also, also they're smiling. <laughs> They don't appear to exist in constant shame and fear. Weird. Oh, my God. Well, Doug says that he wants to go see what normal people do on dates, but unfortunately, I have to settle for Judy. Waka waka. For good. He just bursts into her room as she is wearing a leather jacket and putting on pink lipstick. And she's wearing a black vinyl dress, which is a look. (laughs) She's also yes. wearing her dress beret. <laughs> she is. It's a different beret. We've never seen it before. Oh. And she says, Doug asks if she's going on a date with Cassius tonight. Someone who we haven't met before, right? Uh, Cassius. <laughs> also, that's an interesting name. But she says that dating is out of style. And so Doug is just like, oh, yeah, you're doing something with Cassius. Well, hang on. So this is weird, though, because, again, I'm making a lot of callbacks to, like, previous Doug in this. Remember the one where Judy was talking about how she was going on a date later? Like, I don't remember. Exi- shit, I, I just was remember this now. Was it the slave so I episode? I think it was it, the slave episode. It might have been, yeah. So there's one where Judy was, like, specifically calling out that she was going on a date No, later. no, and right. This, this was the uh, the Beats Forever bus episode. Yeah, Because they got the it. tickets courtesy of some boy got her the tickets, and she didn't give a shit about the Beats. So That's right. But she, she specifically gave, called and that. And also the boyfriend gave her two tickets that she wasn't going to give to the boyfriend so he could get one to ski it's complicated and stupid (laughs) but so i think she specifically called that a date though and so but now she's pissed at the even the term of date i guess this is either in a dream or years later so who knows maybe doug is like of course she would say that in his dream right Mm -hmm. sure why not (laughs) well so eventually they say that they're going to a silent film by Imnar Belzik. Yeah, Ingmar Bergman. Okay, haha joke. Moving on. I didn't get it. <laughs> it's not a good joke. It's just, uh, it's like the thing, but a different. I'm, I'm also, like, I don't know anything about anything, but I'm pretty sure he didn't do silent films. Correct. <laughs> well, he says that, uh, she says that he's never heard of him, though. So maybe this is Doug just putting names together in his head that he's never heard of in his dream, right? Yeah. So she eventually gets picked up by Cassius. And Cassius is definitely a milady guy. Oh, oh, yeah. Cassius (laughs) is the most theater kid to have ever theater kitted. Because he stands on the seat of his convertible. Which looks like a goddamn Micro Machines car. <laughs> Which means it's very cool in Doug's mind, right? Yes. Like, as he's dreaming this, he's like, what's the coolest car well, in Micro Machines? he drives a race car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this car looks just like my bed. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> also, yeah. Cassius looks surprisingly similar to Roger. Weird. 
Yeah, he has the same like mohawk kind of hairstyle. He has yeah. red hair too, right? Yeah, same mohawk hairstyle, same skin tone. Doesn't talk the same way, but still higher pitched than you'd expect uh, from a your average teenage boy. And um, he is presented as just this uh, person who somebody in the funny household is just all the fuck over for some reason. Weird. And he stands up on his the seats and says, Greetings, darling. You look voracious. <laughs> oh, Cassius, get over it. Okay, that could work as a gag, considering they're going to go get food later. I'll give it to him. But, yeah. but whatever. Just say lady, man. Just yeah, down. that's why Judy just responds with like "fuck you" and sits down. <laughs> I'm not with you for your mind, buddy. <laughs> oh God! And so Doug just like chases after them and starts taking notes on a notepad. And his first note he takes, and this is my fourth. Oh no! Is step one: <laughs> use goofy accent. Which, unfortunately, he doesn't later. I wanted him to. Step one, be French. (laughs) Step one, m'lady. (laughs) Bye, fedora. (laughs) M'lady. Oh, no. Well, so Doug continues to spy on them. And he watches them leave the theater. Just imagine him sitting outside the theater for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's what he does, because he's just, like, plastered against the wall of the theater waiting for them. Plasters by noticing this and being like, eh, whatever. Uh, He's probably just doing a cool art bit. (laughs) Or because it's a dream, just we flashed immediately to this point. Oh, right, of course. That was absolutely analeptic. Did you think so? I thought the Rattic shot distribution was rather self-indulgent. Cass, you're such a purist. Analeptic, I had to look up. Analeptic is, they use it correctly here, that is a word for healing. As in, like, so, that was positively analeptic. That refreshed me. That made me feel good. Retic is a stupidly obscure word that basically (laughs) means, means anything, as opposed to just making sounds. So, he is saying, I thought the number of shots that actually meant anything was stupidly self-indulgent. It should have been more absolute randomly strewn bullshit. Well, I think that's interesting that he says that because when she responds with, Cass, you're such a purist, like that actually kind of makes sense though, right? Yes. Because he's like, there, oh man, there were, act- there were too many shots that actually made sense. That was like a regular movie. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is, I wish like hell we had somebody who actually knew anything about art on, because this is actually an interesting concept. And in their post this discussion, as Doug draws the worst possible conclusion, of course, <laughs> later on, they're actually having a bit of a fight about this. And from this, we can derive that Cassius is an avowed student of Dadaism, which is kind <laughs> of neat. How, why would you say that? You guys have used that terminology frequently on this show, but give an explanation of Not what that me. is and also say why. No, you definitely have seen him. Nah. <laughs> oh my All right. God. I, again, from the point of view of somebody who barely knows what he's talking about. Perfect. Dadaism was this very weird, uh, like it came out around the same time as the beatniks. Am I right on that, Sam? 
I think it was the beginning of the 20th century. I might be wrong. Okay, so it was like the key thing was it was big in the immediate aftermath of World War One, and one of the big things that Dadaism was was a rejection of. It was kind of proto postmodernism in that uh, there's that great line from uh, No Country from Old Men: "If the rule you followed brought you to this, of what use was the rule?" If you're following this set of rules and it's brought you to this horrible place, the rules are bullshit. And Dadaism took that as an artistic license to just go completely fucking off the walls. Basically, just do. Do not attempt to mean. Meaning is something that other people can derive from your work, but you should not be putting meaning into it. You should just do, and in your action, others might derive some degree of meaning. This acts as a rebellion that might break minds free of this horrible trap that killed half of Europe's young men for no apparent reason. You mean like that Star Wars quote? What? (laughs) Do or do not. Mike, we're going to have to have a lengthy talk with you about which movie Star Wars is. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that is Cassius is a Dadaist and believes that meaning itself sucks ass. And in that regard, I am right there with him, particularly because Jim Jenkins clearly believes that the purpose of art is to carry the intended meaning of its author. And um, Jim Jenkins is fucking wrong, because Jim Jenkins has produced awful fucking art by that standard. However, he has produced this podcast, which kicks ass. So, swings and roundabouts. Sam, do you agree with this assessment? Uh, my only contribution is that Dadaism is the first version of LOL random monkey chase. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so that's what Cassius likes in this show? Yes. yes. That's right. Oh, man. Well, he's a hunk, then. <laughs> Cassius is a milady epic redditor. This, a lot of this tracks. Well, that's why in the next shot, after Doug takes from that first uh, interaction, he takes that he should use big words. Step and then, two, be a moron. And I also want to stress the thing that Judy like uh, says in the uh, cafe afterwards. How can you say that art needs no moral justification? Given that everything has political con- Yeah, Cassie is kisses her in the face. Mm. One, good on him for the flexibility as he leans over the table to do this. And two, that is kind of the Dadaist rebuttal to that statement. Act, do not seek meaning. Do what feels correct in the moment, for meaning is a prison. Express yourself, and in that expression, know what art is. Tips, Fedora. Yes. Well, Doug doesn't get it, just like me, and so then he goes, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do, and freaks out about Cassius <laughs> Just starts her. vomiting in the corner, and Judy's <laughs> like, A girl starts Doug? mouthing off to her, kiss her immediately. That'll shut her up. That was very weird that, like, Judy Incredibly. Was, Judy was, like, arguing against Cassius's point, and, like, mm-hmm. even when she's- when she's saying the phrase, like, how can you say that? Like, that's so stupid that you'd say that. And then he just starts making out with her to shut her up. So Allow weird. me to provide a counter argument. My tongue. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, this puts Doug into the fantasy uh, where he imagines doing just what Cassius is doing. Um, I thought the instamatic shot retribution was rather self-regurgent. Doug, what are you talking about? Uh, huh? Well, um... 
Patty does a wonderful uh, Mike impression and just goes, what? (laughs) And then they just try and smooch. He tries to smooch her after like thinking for two seconds and realizing that he didn't know what he just said. And they fall over as Patty screams. (laughs) The perfect date. Uh, That's Doug's ideal date. Public humiliation. Also, I do want to call out that in Doug's fantasy, he is wearing a shark tooth necklace and a very <laughs> open shirt. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's, he's basically a, European. Right. He's a billionaire who owns a yacht. <laughs> he's about to invent PayPal. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> then, then they go back to the real world. And... Doug is, Skeeter is now reading on Doug's bed the concise guide to dating. With his legs crossed on his buddy's bed, reading about how you're supposed to go on dates, as bros do. And this is while Doug has set up a practice rig for dating, which is he is laying on like a beach lawn chair uh, with pork chop dressed up as Patty on the other one. Huh. Gentle viewer, you might ask, where did Doug find clothing for a dog that looked like Patty? Uh, where did he find a blonde wig for his dog to dress up like Patty? Where did he find eyeliner for his dog? Why is his dog playing along? <laughs> this reminds me of the video I Steal Pets by Rachel Bloom. <laughs> Well, it has the line, I steal pets from the popular people and then dress the pets up like the popular people. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this and I desperately need to now. <laughs> well, Doug steals clothes from the popular people and dresses up his pet to look like the popular people. <laughs> and, and the door to his room is open while he's doing this. Get out, Mom. I gotta kiss my dog. <laughs> Again. I gotta practice, Mom. And so he basically, Skeeter reads to him that if she lets you put her your hand on hers, then it's a date. And so he does, and then Porkchop goes, ooh, and licks his face. Oh, <laughs> Notices anxiety. What's this? <laughs> Licks face. Well, Judy walks in, and instead of instead of going, what the fuck are you doing, Duck? Inst- Whatever. Instead of, instead of going, Duck, stop kissing your dog. <laughs> Judy goes, oh my god, are you going on a date? (laughs) And then she just starts saying that she imagines Doug breaking hearts and deleting messages in the answering machine that are calling to people calling to tell Doug they love him. I don't think Judy knows her brother very well. No. Well, I mean, she is imagining him being a giant asshole when people call him on the phone. True, but the people that are going to call him on the phone are just like Blockbuster telling him his videos overdue. <laughs> For the last time, we don't have the new Ninja Turtles movie in, Duck. 
Those are the messages he's deleting. <laughs> Doug, Doug, you're breaking our hearts because you only need one more rental to get a free one next time. <laughs> Doug, Doug, you have to pay your Papa John's tab, Doug. <laughs> Doug, we've we've already rubbed so much grease off of this pizza for you. <laughs> Onto Papa John's face. Oh man. Well, Judy starts obsessing about the clothes that Doug should wear. And while she's thinking about what he should wear, Dad shows up. And leans on the door. Materializes. I want to stress this. Like, we (laughs) pan over to one side. Judy is still there. We pan back, and Dad has materialized in the door. (laughs) He's just leaning on it casually. Hiya, slugger. Here you've got a big date tonight. Hubba hubba. (laughs) Now, Doug, I think it's time we had the talk about wearing a rubber at all times. (laughs) Right. Especially in the shower, Douglas. Dog, I need to have a one. Are you kissing your dog? <laughs> yeah. That's what he says. Um, yeah, that's what Mr. Dink says through the window. Uh, where, where the fuck is Mr. Dink? <laughs> you think that you would have a talk with Mr. Dink at this time about this. But I guess if it's his dream, he has to imagine his real dad. <laughs> right. Uh... And so he does say, when when we say that he has to have the talk with him, he does say, you know, son, there comes a time in every man's life when he starts to, and then he gets cut off. Thank God. <laughs> that was oh no number five, by the way. <laughs> Hold up. I wonder where it's going. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to know what he's saying here. We need it. <laughs> None of us has ever touched a girl, so we really did need Doug's dad to help us on this one. We need advice from Mr. Funny. (laughs) In Doug's nightmare dream realm. (laughs) Well, and then Mom shows up, and she says that uh, he should wear this blazer that they gave him for Christmas that he's never worn before, but now he's got to wear it on this date. And... In this afterwards, then Judy shows up with a leather jacket that is somehow Doug's size and puts it on him. Okay, Dougie, we'll stick to basic jeans and black leather. I don't want to over-accessorize on a first date, you know? We could go with a little bit... Keychain, do you carry the key... No, no, uh, stick with a handkerchief, but not on the left. Which is perfect, because that is the most late 80s, early 90s look you could possibly go for. Yeah. That's the Dice Man look. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. We know where they've uh, drawn a lot of inspiration. Another before. very wet man. <laughs> this is just Doug the wet man. The episode one wet Doug. Oh my! Also, God. Judy does mention stick with a handkerchief, but not on the left. Which, uh, <laughs> no. and. Mom is saying to Doug, she she realizes it. She's like, oh, you must be going out with on your sweet little date with the the cute blonde one, Patsy, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right, Mom. 
And there was just like two episodes ago where she was like, hey, Patty, do you want to stay for dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Oh, I should call out more explicitly on the handkerchief thing because I realize that's obscure. There's a lot of mythology built up around this, but uh, remember how uh, Judy has been occasionally brought up that, okay, she's a bit of an icon in um, non-straight circles? Okay. Okay, so flag code was... It's one of those things that's situationally bullshit. There were places and times where a leathered-up young man would signify the kind of shit he was down to try with other similar young men with a host of exciting codes. Among these were, okay, if you have this color handkerchief in this pocket, you're down for this nonsense. However, if you just say that, ah, you've got it in this pocket, that means you're signaling you're down to fuck. This is mostly bullshit, but it is the kind of rumor that would be passed around, say, Judy's high school. And so Judy saying, and make sure that your handkerchief isn't to the left, is making sure that you are not letting anybody who looks at you know, yes, Doug, you are cruising for gay sex. Is the reason why she says no keychain then because the keychain was the signifier of you're a cool guy? Yes. I choose to believe this is the answer. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. it's, how, it's where you store your bus pass. Yes. <laughs> Long keychain and a rat tail. We got to get you a rat tail. Ooh, yeah, you got to look like Waffle Stomper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the dad gets pissed that everybody is giving information to Doug. And he just, like, we see him scowl, and he goes, Hey, why don't you two knock it off and let us have a man-to-man chat, huh? We got to talk about our ding-dings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to tell Doug where he came from. <laughs> but like, it's crazy to me that this is the t- this is like the most pissed we've ever seen Doug's dad before is when women are giving his son advice on women. Shut yep. the fuck up. It's time for me to kiss the dog. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> don't you see don't you see this nice young lady's already here? <laughs> Doug, your technique sucks shit. Let me demonstrate. Oh my god. But, and also, like, do you think that since this is in Doug's fantasy, like, since this whole episode is in Doug's imagination, like, he would he would like to think that his dad would be possessive of his time. He's like, oh man, I wish my dad would fight for me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well... Doug then just stops all of them. He yells, Stop! Huh? <gasps> it's not a date, okay? I'm just going to wear my regular clothes, and I want everybody to stop making such a big deal out of it. And the regular clothes he chooses to wear is the classic jacket and shorts combo. <laughs> yeah, he uh, wears, yeah. after saying that he's just going to wear his regular clothes, he then puts on a jacket we have never seen him wear before. <laughs> A delightful shade of piss yellow. Yes. And yeah, like you say, Sam, we know it's not like cold out because he's wearing shorts. Yep. (laughs) It's a classic Um. goon attire. (laughs) He's wearing, yeah, and you do realize when you see the uh, jacket on and also the shorts, you realize those are cargo shorts. He is in full on... Like, Doug is a man of his times, and his times had some decisions, fashion-wise. I used to wear cargo shorts, and that's how you know I was cool. 
I Hell still yeah. wear cargo shorts. They're the only ones that can hold my meaty legs. I was going to say it's the only ones that can hold my Game Boy. <laughs> That's true. Put my Nintendo <laughs> Switch in one and my Nintendo DS in the other side. <laughs> Dual wielding. Ready to challenge any passing gamers to a gamer duel. <laughs> Just have Pokemon going all the time so I can battle the rowdy teens on the bus. <laughs> Stick them up, gamers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, so Doug starts walking to the movie theater. And as he does, he passes through a gauntlet of people yelling at him. <laughs> Again, fever logic. <laughs> First, Roger says, hey, lover lips, how's them smackers? Huh. Hello to you too as well, Roger. And then the sleeches say, good evening, smooch master Doug. <laughs> yes, sir. I love I, that. Who told you to... You two could be inside playing video games. What the fuck are you doing outside bugging me? No way, they had to observe the smooch master. Also, why is only one of you wearing a Hawaiian shirt? That's his deal. That's how they differentiate differentiate each other. Oh. Well, he shows up, and Patty is wearing a jacket and earrings. She he says that she dressed up, and so it must be a date, and so he smiles. Uh, does he want that to be a date? We- <laughs> He, he doesn't. He has <laughs> this entire time. He's been. I don't want to be a date. And then he's like, "Yay, fine." This is the <laughs> this episode part of is this. so unsatisfying. No, that makes sense though. Like the cognitive dissonance of like, I don't want it to look like a date, but also I secretly want it to be a date. That makes sense. To yeah, me. no. This is the part. Like, the next this next bit of it is actually okay for what it is. Like it's lengthy and it's agonizing, but it's a good portrayal of being on a date but you're not sure if it's a date and the anxieties attendant to that it is a unusually true to life depiction right yeah, down it's... to the part where yeah no if you have the slightest shred of empathy you could tell she's just as weirded out by the whole thing as he is but um yeah we'll go into the details as we get into them but like yeah. overall I did like this part as capturing what the feeling is like and for the first and last time in Doug fully conveying a message to kids of yeah this is probably what your first date's gonna be like and you know why I think that is is because there's no dialogue in it (laughs) yes god yes it's all the animators who are being asked to carry it yeah so so Doug goes to buy two tickets and then walks away without looking at Patty, and she goes up to buy one because Doug's not looking at her. And Patty's paying zero attention. Right. And so Doug is confused again. But then now we go into the date itself. We go into the movie, and Doug is sitting with arms crossed, and then Patty coughs into her hand and puts it on the armrest. In a very good bit of... Okay, is she trying to call attention to the fact she did that, or is she just acting normally? <laughs> this is so boring. True. But I specifically like that it's because, so she coughs into her hand, right? So it's like she's getting, like, phlegm on her hand, and then Doug tries to go for holding her hand, 
Patty notices and then wipes snot all over her hand. Like, puts it on her God, nose. God, that wipes, kicks ass. Wipes snot all over it and then puts it on the hand wrist again. And that makes Doug go for it again. So he's probably on gym logic here of like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I like. Now we're here for it. Also, <laughs> I do appreciate that they do cut away from this happening as the movie is clearly reaching an emotional climax. And this is the part that I actually found funny. Yeah, as the movie is reaching an emotional co- climax, uh, Doug goes for the hand again. They lock eyes. And then she offers him a gummy bunny, and he says, yes, please. (laughs) God, that's so good. Also, in the background, the movie has just said, no, we're too different. I, a woman of wealthy family, and you, a gigantic space lizard from Grimlore 5. (laughs) Like, that was okay. I'll give you points for that. You did a decent gag in there. And it's also the type of movie you'd take somebody on on a plausible deniability date yeah in that it is weird and good (laughs) it is weird good and there's some vaguely romance adjacent stuff but you can play it all off with the classic haha unless yeah well they finish the movie and doug is like listen do you want to go do something else like what oh i don't know we could Go to a charming cafe for some coffee. Oh, I hate coffee. It tastes like chalk. Yeah, me too. <laughs> they say it tastes like chalk, and in no universe does coffee taste like chalk. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's just such a, a bad description of coffee. There's a thousand words for saying coffee tastes bad, like say bitter. Maybe this since this is Doug's fever logic, it's that oh, coffee grounds look sort of like chalk dust. It must taste like chalk. Have you ever licked chalky Studebaker? He tastes like coffee. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, it tastes like chalk. And then she goes e. <laughs> oh man! In that it both they're both they both provide a lot of energy to all their friends. <laughs> and they have also worked for the CIA in the past. Ah, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> well, they're on their way back to Patty's place. He's walking her home, and they, they're talking about their favorite parts of the movie. And at one point, Doug, like, accidentally, I guess, grabs her hand, even though he, like, does a full-body grab for it. <laughs> and then they both go, oops, and blush and let go. Oh, wow. And then they walk in silence for the rest of the trip. And as they stand in front of Patty's door, Doug is like hanging his head in shame and frowning at her feet. Like he has his eyes closed. (laughs) (laughs) His eyes on the prize. (laughs) Feet. God but damn it, his, Sam. his eyes are closed and he's frowning and like she's staring straight at him like stiff backed like she feels awkward but Doug just looks like ashamed it's very weird yes uh, and she says that she had a good time and then Doug says that her grass is very springy yeah we uh, we we water it uh, uh, I gotta go <laughs> Yeah, and then she just they 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 dance around if it was a whatever or you know. Does does and your why does your breath smell like a dog? 
<laughs> yeah, Doug, like, the reason why he was looking down was because he was used to kissing poor chap at a lower height. Oh, <laughs> so God. It's yes. like, oh, he was just falling into muscle memory. <laughs> why are you looking at my feet so much? <laughs> God. Despite all this, I do want to give this props for being an excellent, awkward exchange of, well, neither part, you are still too young to really know what the fuck is going on, you're not clear on what to do with these feelings, and so, um, well, both of them just kind of lock up, and... Well, it looks like they're about to start kissing, then she's like, okay, well, bye, and just runs inside the house. Right. It's it's actually a very, like, it's it's awkward and cringy, but in a good way, right? I, dis- I disagree, but I'll go over that at the end. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think it's effectively done. And then they decide to ruin this all because what could have just been an okay, so we were both kind of anxious about it. That was an interesting time. I wonder what that's like. Instead of that, no, we do have to take this back to what's really important. Not, you know, the torments of being a young human being going through the throes of passion for the first time. We have to go back to all those people who were judging you for being (laughs) horny. Yeah, because all the boys jump out of the bushes while Doug is still, like, in Patty's neighborhood, like, within eyesight of her room. Uh, All the boys jump out of the bushes, and they ask for tips on how to get girls. And Have them walk up to you and just demand to go on a date. Right. And this is where my like my biggest laugh in all of Doug happened here, because... Uh, Moo goes, yeah, on how to get girls. And then Al just shoves his face in from off screen and goes, we want girls. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas. I fucking died laughing. Actually, we were hoping you could give us some tips on how to get girls. We want girls. (laughs) It's by far to me the funniest moment in Doug. (laughs) Oh, and they start asking, they fade out as they start asking Doug a bunch of random questions. And the only thing, I tried a bunch of times to make out what people were saying. And the only thing I think I could make out was Ned saying, like, I could sort of hear him saying, you gotta spend a lot of money, like, hands up, like, all your allowance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Let's go with that, Ned. So I don't know. That's also, all really as know. we fade out, we see the most important part of this, which just made me go, oh, fuck off, Jenkins. Did you see what the name is of the division where Patty lives? What's that? Patty Mayonnaise and her father, Chet Mayonnaise, live in Thousand Island Park. Oh yeah, we've gone over that. That was on the fucking uh, envelope. To- Chad, <laughs> fucking <laughs> Chad, Thousand Island mayonnaise. Fuck yeah. off. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. We cool. made. We that was on the the letter to the school episode. <laughs> I've managed to forget that. God damn. I have to keep all the lore in check in this show. So. What what I particularly hate about this episode is the resolute. They wrote themselves into a corner here because nothing can change. Like they can't have him actually going out with Patty because that would ruin the show. Sure. So, but a story has to have a resolution. Uh, this story's resolution isn't with the date. The story's resolution is with all the dudes like wanting to or n- now accept him. Like the entire yeah. arc is about a date. 
and the date yep. has not like the ending is oh that's not a resolution <laughs> yeah women don't exist as creatures in and of themselves they exist as vessels to achieve more notoriety among your bros oh shit you're right yeah that's true that is a really shitty takeaway i didn't think about that but you are i think you're right Damn. and two doug can't even score in his dreams <laughs> here lies doug he never scored Oh, man. Also, I do want to point out that this does have echoes of the uh, Quail Man zombie chips episode where the grand conclusion was, no, don't worry. This thing that looked like people were being sinister, they were actually just throwing a party for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's that same fucking dynamic of, no, this thing is making you so anxious this whole time that because you are dating somebody, you will be judged by your peers. No, don't worry. Your peers actually just secretly supported you. They were just bad at showing it. Like, right. Fuck off, Jenkins. <laughs> I mean, also, and that's also shown because in the crowd of people who are asking him for tips at the end, Skeeter is not there. It's all just like his bullies, right? Well, I guess, does he imagine Alan Moose Leach and the AV Alan Club? Alan and the AV Club, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, intellectually yeah. superior to him, so they're bullying him intellectually. <laughs> right, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, man. The smooch master has risen. <laughs> <laughs> smooch master, Doug. We want girls. God. That's my that's the fucking most I've laughed ever at this show. Oh, well great. Now that we've taken this off is that you think that's the moral what do you think's the moral here? Uh yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Oh The I'll moral Jenkins is trying for here is you shouldn't allow yourself to get worked up about a date. Yeah, funny joke, Jenkins. Remind me, who wrote an entire fucking TV show about his pent-up feelings about the girl he had a crush on in high school? Maybe maybe the moral is that she's just as nervous as you. Except for they never established that. Well, they do. Like, Patty's hella nervous when she asks him out, and Patty's hella nervous during the interaction the problem right? is you can sell it completely as patty's just hella nervous because why did i decide to do this in the first place this is an incredibly <laughs> stupid idea i was so out of character when i did this there's mm. never been any indication i think of doug as anything other than a kid who is around <laughs> there was that one time he handcuffed himself to me and that sucked but i got out of that one okay <laughs> Oh, man. This guy keeps trying to do magic tricks. He smells like a dog. <laughs> he smells like a dog's breath. He was leaning in, and I could swear to God I smelled kibble. <laughs> well, the dream ends because we go to the credits where, in just unusual Doug fashion, Doug is in a blank white void and waving goodbye to us, which is the rest of his dream. <laughs> oh, Bye-bye, nightmares that haunt my dreams. Goodbye. Well, that brings us to the end of this fantasy and also this episode. <laughs> next time, the next episode that actually happens in Doug Cannon, right? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't checked it yet. <laughs> Same. 
All right. Well, oh, really quick, RIP to the illegal YouTube channel that was supplying us with Doug episodes. You oh, yeah, asked. yep. We, Thank we you, did. random German guy. Your sacrifice was not in vain. You allowed us to make this podcast for approximately $36 cheaper than we might have otherwise. Yep, I had to buy the whole season for 12 bucks. <laughs> and now you do too, dear reader, if you have to, if you want to watch along for some reason. I can hook you up. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> Let's call this one here. What a good dog on sale, stranger. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone, on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Welcome. <laughs>